Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me in this time of breaking news is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing? Could 2020 get any worse, Bruni? I, I don't think it could. I don't think it could. We lose basketball. <laughs> we're locked inside. And now... And now Mo's gone. Emoja Gibson has transferred from North Texas, put his name in the transfer portal as of what time is it? 746? This was at what? Like 7 o'clock? And what is what is today? I don't even know what today is. Thursday. On a Thursday night, Mo puts his name in the transfer portal, and here we are reacting reacting 45 minutes later on a podcast that's good that that's that's pretty breaking i i i i am stunned you i assume are stunned yeah i i I feel like right now though it's more of like it doesn't really bother me because i haven't been around sports in so long (laughs) you you forgot what it's like to feel i'm numb (laughs) there you go um no but what because I called you when to break the news to you, I felt I felt important. I broke the news to you, and um, just what what was what was your reaction when you hung up the phone when you were walking Maya? I was walking Maya. Uh, my first reaction was probably just like, I feel like I wasn't surprised. I don't really know why. Like it's not like I knew anything, obviously, but I feel like Mo always wanted to kind of be on a bigger stage, even though he doesn't really uh, embrace the. Uh, yeah, he's not loud. He's not loud, exactly. He's not a very vocal player on the court, but like you just feel like like he's the type of player that needs to be on a bigger stage and it it just seems kind of right. Man, uh it was I was I was shocked. I don't know. I I thought it was fake. I thought it was April Fools. Oh, um, I really thought it was April Fools. I was like, "Wait." I um I just didn't see Mo as but then again, I mean, Ryan, we didn't see Ryan as that either, really. But maybe it's the quiet guys that are just, you know, have this pent up uh, want for, I mean, everybody, okay, that's, that's going to come off wrong. But everybody in college basketball wants to be seen, right? Because you're, you're not getting paid for college basketball. You want to be seen on the on a big stage. Uh, you want to get noticed by teams, whether that's NBA, international, all this stuff. And at the end of the day, I mean, players are going to do what's best for them and what they need to do to set up themselves in the future, which I un- completely understand. Um, do you have any any uh, takeaways from, from that takeaway? I feel like uh, it's different from Ryan in the sense that Ryan just didn't really fit this team, whereas Mo, I mean, he was exactly what this team wanted, you know, a shooter, a scorer, and he can defend well. Um, so I guess it's it's surprising in that sense that it wasn't really like like the Mo fit the team. It's not like Ryan fit yes. the team. No, you're um, right. And and he was recruited by Mac, and obviously Mac loved Mo, and Mo loved Mac. So it, it's it's surprising in that sense. Like he was the second best player on the team going into next year. So yeah, you know, I uh, no, you're you're completely right. It was uh, the Ryan situation was kind of mutual. This was. From what I understand, this was Mo, you know, trying to get on a bigger stage, really. Um, he obviously appreciates what North Texas did, um, just from what, I, what I've heard in the, what, 30 minutes since it's broke? But uh, yeah. <laughs> not from him, but just from what I've heard. Um, but it's just, you know, it's at mid-major schools, you're susceptible to this. And you are really um, in a position where you're able to compete with high level teams, but you're not able to get that recognition that they get. 
right? So you can compete and lose to Oklahoma by two, but you're not going to go play in the Big 12 and play on ESPN 12 times, right? So that's just that's just the biggest change. And I I can't blame him. I think he can play at almost any level in the country on almost any team in the country just because he can shoot the ball at 40% and he can shoot the ball from deep. But um, it is going to hurt. And I it makes this offseason a lot more interesting for the reigning champs. Yeah, it's... I, I'm. I'm. Is it okay if I switch gears? Oh, go ahead. Switch gears. It's. It's. it's I wonder if this almost pushes Mac out faster because he sees the 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 peak of this team. Like, okay, you know what I mean. I I understand what you're saying. Um, I feel like, but that, but what you said would act under the assumption that Coach McCaslin that mid-majors were a stepping stone i'm i'm you cut teams. out a tiny bit you said okay. mid-majors were a Go stepping ahead. stone um your statement would act in that grant mccaslin didn't already know that mid-majors were almost like a stepping stone right so i i think he's fully aware of that i think he understands that you know you're gonna get players that are gonna not stay all four or even five years in most cases. i mean you're asking mo gibson um, who just came off a 14 half point per game season his sophomore year to stay two more years. Now would be five seasons at North Texas. Obviously, that's not abnormal, but I mean, think about what we're asking. We're asking Mo Gibson, who is a super, super talented player, to stay at North Texas for five years and risk not being recognized on that level, which he thinks he can be. Right. Now, I have a follow up. Um, question actually okay and it is do you think if this team would have been able to play and win the conference tournament made the ncaa tournament and i don't even i'm not even gonna say they could have won a game but let's just say they make the ncaa tournament obviously be on that stage play it close and let's say lose by seven to oregon or something like that do you think that Mo still has this desire to get on a bigger stage, or do you feel like? Because I feel like that kind of hurts. I'm really glad you asked that because I was going to ask it too. Um, I, I think there's no way you can say that it doesn't hurt. The fact, like it didn't, it didn't give him kind of another inkling, like oh, I should leave because he probably looked back at the season like oh yeah, we're conference champions, but who knows outside of us, you know? Yeah. Whereas if they won the conference USA championship, at least that's on CBS, and then if they make yeah. the tournament, you know, there you go. The most, the most exposure they've gotten is them upsetting Kentucky in a 2K simulation. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, you can't say it wouldn't hurt, but you, but it's hard to say that that's what, that's what did it for him. We don't know how no. long he's been thinking about this, but it definitely for sure. hurts for sure. For sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I was just trying to say, I don't think it was the end all be all, but I do think it was just like, you know, if they would have been able to be in the NCAA tournament, if he was if he was able to experience that, if he was able to experience the conference championship win, uh, people say North Texas name, say North Texas could upset so-and-so as a 12-5 or a 13-4. You know, all this hype that comes around the program just would have been, it would have been tangible. I definitely think it would have been noticeable. And I think that that would have changed things. I don't know. Again, we don't know how long he's been thinking about transferring or whatever, but I mean... I think it would have made a difference for sure. No I think questions. It's, I think it's also interesting to think about how if they did get exposure. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. 
if they get exposure and, and Mo doesn't leave, like how 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 I can't I can't figure out the, my wording. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> um, I I think just Mo, and also we have to look at Mo as he's gonna be a player that a lot of teams want. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're talking about a forty percent three point shooter. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I've already heard um, that. There's going to be P5 teams reaching out to him. There's going to be high, high mid-majors reaching out to him. I, I think he'd go P5. Um, now, whether that's a school like um, you can go to like a bottom school in the Big 12 or a bottom school in um, the even the Big 10. I mean, you look at they have talented yeah. schools there. I mean, if let's say Mo went to, would it shock you if Mo went to LSU? Would it shock you if Mo went to, I don't even, Oklahoma? No, like I mean, he, he can thrive on teams I, like that. I'm saying, and and that's what I mean. That's basically what he was doing. Anyways, he was playing. He can hold his own defensively. I I don't see. I I definitely can see him taking a jump to a big program now. Whether he starts or not is another question because I don't know if he would start on Oklahoma. I don't think he would have started on Oklahoma this year. For sure, for sure. Um, but, and, and I th I thought of my other point. If go ahead. Uh, so I was I was saying so if they do win this tournament. If they win the Conference USA tournament and if they go to the NCAA tournament, I wonder if he didn't think that that was this year was the highest that this team could go, right? Yeah. So it's only down from here. So like next year, does maybe he kind of thought that they couldn't do it again? You know, you lose Dang, um, you have to bring in new players, you have to redo everything. You know, it's not just it's not like you're restarting over in the tournament. I mean, you have to go through the grind of the season just to get back to where you were, and yeah. it might just not be worth it to him at that point. Yeah. Now. I want to make sure we go in order here because I wanted to talk about why why he left, what's next for him, and then what's next for UNT. Uh, do we have anything else as to why uh, he left? I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, I think we're good. Um, yeah, I, again, I I think more than anything, it's just you know players want to be on on a bigger stage, and while North Texas did a great job this year providing for him and helping him excel, I just think that. You know, players are going to do this. Players are going to come and go as as they please and try to get the best opportunity for them. So I I 100% expect Moto to go to a big school and expect him to ball out, man. He's because he's a baller. That's that's definitely uh, what he's shown us the last three years. Now, what's next for him? I think we've kind of touched on it. I don't think we've gone in enough depth with it. But like I said, uh, like an Oklahoma or like a Oklahoma State even. Somewhere along there, mm -hmm. Oklahoma State would be interesting because they're getting Cade Cunningham. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's he's a top five player in the country that they got over there. Maybe load up on, I mean, transfers. That'd be interesting. Uh, how fast Mo moves, I'm not sure. Um, I think that this more than anything just shows that we never know what players are thinking. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like it's like we never know who's. I'm not saying that Mo wasn't happy because I think Mo was happy though. That's the thing. I don't want this to get lost in everything. I feel like Mo was content with what was happening at North Texas. I think he was happy contributing. I think he loved it here. I just think that they're just greener grasses. And I think that he's exploring that. Another thing is we also, we never know what's going on in their heads. We never know what people are telling them. You know, we never know all the different things that players are going through. So uh, this just, a lot to unpack here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think I think another reason why I'd want to leave is where does most want to see himself, and that's ultimately the NBA, whether that's you know G League or whatever. Yeah, he's not going to get that in North Texas. You know, he's not going to get looked at really by anybody. So I think 
that is also that's probably one of the main things to me because Here's, like Javion, for example, Javion's the better player right now, but Mo has that potential to become an NBA caliber, yeah. you know, just shooter at least. Yeah. So North Texas is in an interesting position, right? Because I think okay. So for mid major schools, right? If you are a high level team, you might lose your players to um, power five schools, right? But I think that if North Texas can continue to establish a tradition of winning and, you know, try to get on that level of, let's say, like a Creighton, Belmont, basically anybody in the Big East, I'll say that, because um, those are not power fives, but the Big East is a, you know, elite conference. So if you can get on one of the, like, a level of where you are being nationally recognized, I think that this kind of goes away. It's only whenever you're not getting recognized for winning. But if you're getting recognized for winning, it doesn't matter what level you're at. Right, for sure, because there's exposure there. Now, exactly. do, do you see North Texas doing that, though? This is kind of like the... That's the question. This is kind of the wall, right? So they were awful a few years ago. They improve, they improve, they improve. And then this is where... This is the wall. Either they pass the barrier or yes. they kind of just middle where they've been at these last you know 10 15 years exactly so if they're good for another two three years like even western kentucky you don't see players transfer out that often like from like if that have been there you see, for, you okay. see top players transfer in <laughs> no yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like you when you have a tradition of being really good you usually are able to continue that and you don't lose players if anything you get players so and that's regardless of what level you're playing at, right? And so that's why I think North Texas just has such a stigma around it of being not good past this whole decade, basically, until Grant McCaslin got here. And even when Grant McCaslin got here, the first three years were, or first two years were a struggle. Mm-hmm. This is the first year they've broken through. And now, like you said, this is the wall. This is, do you continue to be a elite team? And continue to grow it as far as exposure goes. And you can maybe pick up a win against, you know, whoever uh, every year. And maybe pick up a win against Rhode Island, Utah State, etc. Or do you kind of fall down a little bit? Because if you fall down, then this will continue to happen. Then you'll see players that come in and make second team all-conference leave. Whereas if you are getting recognized, players will not leave because they understand that they are being seen. And because if you make the tournament, you're automatically being seen. Yeah, Um Big question is, though, what's the difference between... Okay, so we're saying how they have to break the wall. Let's say two to three more years of being this good. What's the difference between that and them in the 2010 era with Johnny Jones? Well, they changed coaches. Right, and we assume they Grant's went from going Jones. to do that. Yes, but that's that's why Ren Baker's job is the most important job in all of athletics, right? I mean, you have to be able to... He found... I mean, he, he hired Grant McCaslin... Um, he didn't hire Seth, but I mean, still we're, we're talking about your job as an athletic director and is able is to put the teams in position to consistently be competitive, regardless of who the coach is there. You have to give them the facilities, all the the money, et cetera, et cetera, to be competitive. And who knows? I mean, I don't, again, we don't know if Grant will be another year or will be another two years, three years, who knows? But when that does happen, those next few years are going to be pivotal to North Texas. But I think if Grant 
wins again next year i mean that's two straight years if he stays a third year that'll be an or if he if he wins another year after that that's three straight years i mean it doesn't have to be i mean it eventually has to grow into you know decades of being a at least good competent program but i think this is this is what they need to to get off on that foot for sure no i i definitely agree with that it's just there's so much more, I guess, and do breaking that barrier. Cause I think the barrier ultimately, like you were saying is having Ren, having to hire a coach after Grant, like Grant can be, Grant will probably be as, as good as this year's. He'll probably make the team as good as this year's team. If not a little bit, just a little bit worse, you know, the whole time he's here, but it's, it's ultimately that next coach to say, okay, yeah, let's go to North Texas. They've been good, you know, seven yes. years in a row or yeah. six years in a row. So it, it'll be interesting to see if that ends up panning out. Yeah, so that's in the um, that's in the future. I think in the near future is an interesting conversation we were having off mic. Is like, oh, you you said, I well, I guess at the two, and I was you like, you cut out, you cut out. Oh, I I was saying that off mic. We were talking about how you said Ruben Jones is going to start at the two next year. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was like, well, I mean, they have three scholarships now. Yeah, like we've seen what this team does with with scholarships in hand, like. Thomas Bell, James Reese, Dangu, Javion Hamlet, they didn't miss. No. I mean, Jalen Jackson, even with with uh, the fifth one, the only freshman they brought in last year, they didn't they didn't miss with any of those. And I think this staff deserves our complete trust that they are going to be prepared and they're going to bring in at least one or two guys that can contribute right away. I mean, they have to. You lose Dang and now you lose Mo. Regardless of the fact that I think they do, I think they will. Do you think they have to? Yes. Because who's going to improve so much that this team is as good as last year's team? Or it would require someone improving a vast amount for at yeah. the guard position. Yeah, it would require that would have to be Larry. That would have to be Jalen. I mean, really, just those two two guys. Ruben would have to just come out and yeah. be amazing. I mean, you're you're relying on three guys that don't really play, don't really play the point guard. Because that's what Mo was was you know they stagger well, minutes was, eventually. Well, he'd start at the two, yeah. but he'd he'd end up staggering with Javion. Now you don't have a backup ball handler, and that's either on those two guys, or on those three guys, or you bring in somebody else who has to play. I mean, and you have to get a forward as well because you don't have a forward right now that seems to be able to play. I think that it's I think that it's obvious right now that they're going to bring a guard and a forward. And I'm not saying that is with in, any insight knowledge besides what I've written on the recruits on the VIP. Go check out the VIPs uh, stories. Um, but I think that it's pretty obvious that they're going to bring in a guard, an experienced guard, whether that's graduate transfer, whether that's uh, JUCO, I don't know. But I think an experienced guard, an experienced forward, Ruben, and then one more. And that one more can just be, you know, whatever they 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 see fit. What's the, the ideal guard for you to bring in? Is it is it just a same type of guy like Mo, or is it something different? Could it be a? I mean, ideally, ideally, I would like. I would like it with. I'd like a mixture of Mo and Reese. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so obviously, can shoot, can catch and shoot. But has a little more size than Mo, and can obviously help help them defensively on the perimeter, and then maybe put the ball on the ground a little bit more than Reese does. 
So do you want like a point guard or do you want like a shooting? No, guard? no, no. I want an off guard. Javion's, Javion's playing 34 minutes a game next year. Right. Yeah, because oh, well, that's what I was asking because that was kind of the, the iffy fit is you had a six six foot tall shooting guard that was a point guard basically. Yeah. So that's what I was asking because me too, I'd, I'd also like like a 6'4 dude that is an off guard because like you said, Javion's going to play 34 minutes a game. Jalen can spot six minutes. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you get a guy that's good enough where Jalen doesn't have to keep the ball in his hands and facilitate as much. He can just kind of dribble it up the court and be like, hey, do your thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that North Texas is going to... I think they're still okay. I think they're in a good position because I, like I said before, I trust this coaching staff to go out and get two to three players that are going to contribute along with Ruben. So, you think Ruben contributes um, totally? And by contribute, I don't mean play spot minutes like Jalen? I mean, Jalen contributed last year. Right, but I mean, like, like contribute, contribute. Like, it's noticeable. It's not like, oh, he can, really, like, he can like, defend really well. It's like, yeah, he's scoring. Like, eighth man, like, top, like eight-man rotation. Right. Like, like he's, he's like, eight-man. Like, what if he's like Larry was supposed to be? <laughs> like, yeah. do you see that happening? Um, well, you're basically asking me if I think he's going to be better than Larry. Yes. And Jalen. Yes. Um, sheesh. Uh, that's it's too early to say. I think, um, because I I still believe in Larry a little bit that he can take a step forward. But we will see. It, it's gonna be a really interesting off season. Like I said, it makes this this just this just really surprised me. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh I was not expecting this one. Um, what would you do if they went out and got like two forward type guys, like a six five dude that could play the two and the three instead of more of a Six four, like a, so like a James Reese, but but I mean like, but is built like a forward. Saying. You know what I mean? AJ, like AJ Lawson. I guess like AJ. <laughs> AJ can't shoot though. He he's gotten better. You see, his, you see his mixtape? I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you figured out he could shoot better, huh? <laughs> man, shout out AJ Lawson. Good AJ, for him, AJ was AJ was throwing some passes too. Yep, <laughs> but um. No, this is it's going to definitely, like you said, it's going to be the biggest challenge I think that this program has faced under Grant McCaslin, right? I mean, Ryan obviously was a big challenge to to replace. So actually, actually, Ryan might have been a bigger challenge to replace. But no, 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 I don't think Ryan was a bigger challenge at all because he they didn't he didn't fit the system at all. Whereas you're trying to replace a player that fit the way exactly the way you want yeah. him to play. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And um, we'll see how they do it. I expect something to come in the coming probably month, month or so. I mean, April was supposed to be the time where basketball uh, players signed, like April 12th, I believe, somewhere around mid-April. So I don't know if that will hold up, if players will continue to sign, or if that will be the, you know, May or whatever. But I'm assuming we'll still, we can still get commits. So yeah, who knows? We'll see how that plays out. I think that's all we had, Colin. I think we've covered everything. I think we're good. 25 minutes. We've beautiful. It's a beautiful length for a podcast. Um, let me make sure I didn't miss anything on the Twitter. Um, Preston Hodge talked about uh, it could be a good sign long-term that people could see UNT as a great uh, G5 school that can develop and maybe take a leap to a P5, whether after a few years or as a graduate transfer. Um Interesting. I mean, I think that goes back to what I was saying about how if you're getting the recognition as a 
G5 school or as a mid-major school as in, as it is in basketball, mid-major, then I don't think that people look at you as being a place where they want to transfer from, right? And Right. Wait, so I you're think saying Texas, like if you go to like a school like Belmont, you're not looking to transfer after exactly, two years? Exactly, exactly. Right. Um, even I think, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of schools like that. Uh, the entire Big East pretty much uh, you look at, um, I think is like that. So I just think North Texas is in that weird position right now where they haven't been good enough long enough for people to take notice. And again, the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament being canceled hurt that. But once they're good enough, for a long period of time, I think that players will start to view North Texas in a similar way that they did for Middle Tennessee in their prime or West Kentucky, in, you know? So, yeah, I, I think that's where that happened. The, the thing is to to, or to Middle Tennessee is that ended, right? Yes. So if, if, if their goal is to be a Belmont or whatever in the Big East, they're not going to get there if they either, one, feed guys to Power 5 schools or are good for three years with a core and then the core is gone and they can't do anything else again. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't Unless know. Unless your peak is middle Tennessee height, but yes. I mean, um, middle Tennessee had their peak, but what are they now? Yes. No, you're right. But they're a conference USA school. <laughs> no, of, of course, but that just comes with coaching changes. Um, there's going to be, there's going to be a gap at some point. And we're not, again, I'm not saying that North Texas has to be elite for, 12 straight years i think you have to be elite for five years and then be good for three years and then be elite for two years then maybe have one bad year or so like that you can you mix it up because you're not going to be elite at this level forever oh for sure so, for sure no i'm just saying you I think, can't you I think can't you go just from have being to, the best team in the conference to by Middleton far to right being now. the worst team yeah exactly yeah. yes in conference yes, USA. of course all right colin let's wrap this up um subscribe to us on apple for all of the breaking news and SoundCloud, we need a breaking news intro and outro. I don't I don't know. Okay, I'll figure it out. How about, how about this? How about this? You just close your door real quick. You scream into the microphone, breaking news. No, no I'll, I'll get something. <laughs> and then and then put it at the front of this and with a little siren behind it. No, I'll, I'll get I'll get something. Don't worry. Okay. Anyways, uh, give that a shot. Um, subscribe to Me Green 24-7. All, I've I've already done a podcast today. I did a recruiting one, so check that one out if you care about football recruiting. Um, this has been a busy day. This has probably been the busiest day of my my quarantine. What a day! <laughs> we didn't tell the, we didn't tell the people that we're growing mustaches. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't at the top of my uh my my list. My I knew, I knew it wasn't, but it is now. Yes, we're growing mustaches, and uh, I will not be updating Twitter. So do not look on Twitter. <laughs> Also, because I can't really grow one. I'm, I still look like I'm 12 years old. You grow everything. But anyway, it's okay. But anyways, Colin, let's uh, follow up, and I'm excited to see what North Texas does in the future. Again, for Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. I'll talk to you later.